Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Welcome to the Max 6 Community Connection radio show and podcast with your hosts Jennifer Burwell and Kyle McIntosh. Max 6 builds better communities where purpose and profit unite. We are inside the Max 6 Entrepreneurial Center, 150,000 square feet of space, including traditional and non-traditional private office suites, a variety of co-working office space solutions, and a unique light co-manufacturing space, all in service to growth-oriented entrepreneurs, startups, and mid-market enterprise businesses. We are here to shine a light on the entrepreneurial and incredible stories of businesses we work with and how they are serving our broader community. Today, we have Diane Pert and Denis LeClaire, the co-founders of Truce. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Thank you. Kyle. Thank you. Hi, Jim. Hi. So I guess... How are you? Oh, good. Good. And we're not co-founders. I claim the founder role. <laughs> we are not... <laughs> no, she's no. <laughs> She's the one who... He saw we were starting to grow. He came on board. He's I, CEO. I, I was just a sugar daddy at first. So, you know, it's <laughs> the one who created the whole thing. <laughs> I'm glad we got that right off the bat. Now, now, yeah. Uh, so, tell me a bit about yourselves. Tell us uh, about yourselves. Where did you grow up? How did you find your way into this? Uh, I really wasn't looking for a way into it. I was I was born on the East Coast, raised in Bakersfield, California, home of Merle Haggard, Buck Owens, and country music. And I moved from Bakersfield to Los Angeles. Los Angeles to Arizona for graduate school, and it stuck. And I got into this because I was in a graduate seminar one year, and the professor said that the average homeowner applied chemicals at five times the rate of agribusiness. I came from Bakersfield. I knew what agribusiness chemicals look like, and I just did the visual in my mind and went, that's crazy. It stuck. I just stuck. It became something I was very concerned about. And I met a woman who had made these products for her own business because she got sick in the chemicals. And she said, here, I'm giving them to you because I know you're an ecologist. So I know you'll, you'll like these. And I thought, that's interesting. I don't often give people cleaning products for any reason. And it was amazing. It was just amazing. And so... It was a way to be able to tell people, I can't clean up the outside. I can't stop the agricultural pollution, but I can help you clean up inside. And that kind of got me going. That just was like, okay, how do we do this? How do we start a business? How do we, how do, we do it? We launched. It's funny, I was talking to Jeff from PB Americano. He makes peanut butter. I was talking to him earlier. We both launched at the downtown Phoenix public market. And then I went into uh, AIM, the APS Academy for Minority and Women-Owned Businesses, and met a lot of other entrepreneurs in our position. And Denise saw what was happening. He said, oh, that looks interesting, being a professor at Thunderbird. Then things really began to change when two of us started doing it. Then we moved into Max 6, and here we are. Yeah. Here we are. So, Diane, I want to tell you a, a funny story. Well, I don't know it's funny, but, um, you know, I am a huge fan of Truce. I, I love your products. And, and that statistic you just shared of five times the chemicals of an agribusiness is, like, mind-blowing. 
And, you know, I didn't really think about it that much until I had kids. And then I had a child with allergies and I started digging into what that really means. And that is when, you know, you can't unknow something once you've learned it. And so it started down this path for me of, oh my gosh, what are we putting on our bodies? What are we eating? All of those things. And, and I think you had moved into Max 6 right around the time that I had my first. And so it was just serendipitous. And I love all of your supplies. I use them all the time. But the other day, you know, we're all cleaning a little bit more than normal. Um, one of my sons had the truce bottle and he was cleaning like mommy and he was like spraying it. He was cleaning the floor, which is awesome, but he was spraying himself. He might've even sprayed his um, sister, but in a normal cleaner, that would have been a huge deal, right? I would have been like, oh my gosh, what did you just spray? And of course I still was like, no, don't touch these. These are, these are cleaning supplies, but it was so nice to be like, well, it's not going to be, you know, it's not super toxic. So, well, it's not toxic. So I, I just can't tell you how much I love, love your products. Um, and, and my dog just got into a big mess. So I need to get your dog um, shampoo as well. <laughs> um, but one thing that was interesting about your products is the way that you sell them. And I always um, buy mine from Sprouts, which is right around the corner from my Thank house. You. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard to find. Like I, I see your products moving quickly, which is it's always nice to see. But um, tell us a little bit about like your packaging and why you decided to have the bottles the way that you do. Cause I, I, I love that story. And I think it's so important and speaks to how, how thoughtful everything is around food and all the decisions you make. When you talk about the bottles, are you talking about add your own water? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, that's, that's an interesting story right there. When we first went to market, these things were full and it was heavy. And it was just two women doing it. And it, after a while, it, it ceased to be fun because it was so heavy. We carts of stuff going in. It's like, okay, what can we do? And Candace came up with the idea of maybe we should not fill them so much because we were doing refills there. Why don't we just fill them part way and they can take it home? Then they're not carrying the weight around the market. We don't have to carry the weight in. And I was like, that's great. So we did that. We've been using it pretty consistently. And you'll still see it like that on the shelves somewhere. But quite frankly, you know what we found? It was very, very difficult to sell it that way in a place we couldn't demo it. We have a demo team that are they're just wonderful women. But they couldn't, people would pick it up and they'd go, well, you know, because you know us. But they'd pick it up and they'd go, oh, it's empty. Something happened. It leaked. This isn't. And you put it back. Interesting. Yeah. And another issue is the fact that if you go to most grocery stores, the price per ounces is based on the liquid that you have in the bottle. And so when you look at our price, which are very competitive compared to our other clean products right now, because it's 16 ounce water, when we only had the concentrate in the bottle, what happened is people are like, Oh, you mean it's like a dollar twenty per ounce? That's mm-hmm. insane. And when I no, it's not really, but people who are shopping by price and ounces, it didn't matter because it's just like we had only eight ounces of product, four ounces of product in these days in the 16-ounce bottle, and people could not make that connection. So we had a red tag that says, add your own water, with people calling Diane, because that was Diane's sales on, on the tag, on the bottle, calling Diane and saying, there's a problem with your problem, they are, the bottles they are leaking because there is no products in it. We're like, no, 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 that's the way. I, it's, so it's, it's, we were too early for that. 
we were a little yeah. bit ahead of the eight ball on that one. So yeah. we kind of have pulled back. And when we ship it out, if you order it online, it's going to go out at your own water. But when you see it on the shelf now, it's, yeah. it's ready to use. People didn't want. Yeah. Interesting. So when I was in Sprouts one time, I had a, a similar experience. There was actually somebody purchasing um, truce rate in front of me and they they were saying something like I, i'm not sure is this how it's supposed to be and i was like oh no, no it's great because they um save on shipping so it's reducing carbon footprint so you just add your own water and it's great and but you're right if i wasn't there to like because the salesperson wasn't really sure i'm like well i don't, I don't know because right. i love that story and i thought it was so awesome but i could totally see how without somebody explaining it um how it could be challenging so, so the the products we're very successful with is actually with the concentrate because when you buy the 32-ounce bottle, it makes four bottles of the regular products because yeah. you just put a, a cup in it uh, in your new bottle. So that is a very successful product because it's easier. On the, on the shelf, it makes more sense. But that yeah. red bag that says add your own water with custom, it was just actually at one point, it was kind of almost funny because it's just like... How can you miss a big red? It has a red tag that says add your own water and people, yeah, people couldn't, didn't understand that. Yeah. So... Interesting yeah. challenge you learn when you are in the consumer product. Challenge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you guys are, are in an interesting space because, you know, at one point, um, a lot of your customers are coming to you for the toxin-free, the um, cleaner products, and they're they're concerned about, you know, what is the environmental impact and how are you packaging and shipping and all of that. But then you also have general consumers are interested in your products for possibly other reasons for cleaning. Um, so, yeah, that's that's a... That could be a challenging thing to, to balance. Tell us a little bit about like what other products you offer and maybe if you have a favorite product. I don't know. Are they like children? You don't have a favorite or do you have well, one that you like more? It started, I, I think everyone, everyone does. Honestly, if you were to scratch us all, we'd all have a favorite one. But it started with the all-purpose. It really did. And that remains my favorite, my go-to. I use that stuff. I'm not kidding you. If I am somewhere and I scratch myself, I spray it on there. It's fine. It's perfect. It's an ideal pest control product for out in the kitchen. It's out in the, I'm sorry, out in the garden. It's everything an organic gardener needs to control pests. In terms of how we chose the bottles, and when we first started, Jen, (laughs) we used to buy the alcohol and the peroxide in what 32 ounce bottles at Costco. And so miss miss ecology here, you know, we recycle those bottles. So we put the wood cleaner in the brown hydrogen peroxide bottle and we put the all purpose cleaner in the white and we slapped our label over it. Boy, recycling. I was doing all that stuff. You know, they just weren't ready for it. They weren't ready for it. So that when we went into Whole Foods, which I thought we'd do at the end of like, oh, three, five years. They came and recruited us at mar- market at the end of year one. We had to change those bottles and we had to do it fast. Wow. And so we had to look at what needed to be done to preserve the essential oils because we use strictly essential oils, which meant we had to use darker bottles then. So we had to, we couldn't use clear bottles. So that was that, that whole Challenge number one. Yeah. <laughs> Challenge number one. You're going to need to change your bottles. And it's just been, it's been those, now we're, we're at the place where we can take a little time and go, hmm, how are we going to do it? But my personal favorite product, all-purpose cleaner. The peppermint. 
Mm-hmm. The peppermint. It smells so yeah. good. Yeah, didn't your um, guest house used to be a, a peppermint pat? Is that what you call peppermint yeah. patty? Yes, that's yeah. where it was born back there. Yeah. Until we got so big that they we had to find more space. We needed not only more storage space, but we couldn't. Nobody was going to deliver 55-gallon yeah. drums of hydrogen peroxide or alcohol down the alley in, you know, in a residential area. Yeah, absolutely. So that's how we met. Uh, that's Julie. how we went to Max Six. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Met Julie. My, my favorite product right now has to be the new hand soap we have, the foaming hand oh, soap. Yeah. The, the lemongrass, you know, with right now with all the situation where you have to wash your hands multiple times a day and all the time. It just doesn't dry your hands. doesn't do anything. It's super soft. And so to me, that's my favorite. Lemongrass, peppermint, or just the unscented. But the lemon, the, the, hands, the hand soaps are everything. Yeah, it doesn't dry your hands out, which is yeah. really kind of amazing. Yeah. The AP, of course, but the AP will always be there. But yeah, yeah as a new product, yeah. to me, it would be the one. So. What's your favorite? Uh, I'm with you. I like the all-purpose. I use it for everything. What's that movie, uh, My Big Fat Greek Wedding, oh, yeah, where she yeah. uses Windex? Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm all purpose. I use it for exactly like, oh, my kid falls down. Oh, here you go. And and I've used it for ant control. Yeah. Because um, we had a little ant problem. And um, I use it on like every surface everywhere. So I, I love it. Um, but your hand soaps are also awesome. And yeah, we've all been washing our hands a ton. And um, my kids like the lemongrass. Um, my oldest, he, he doesn't like the peppermint. But I don't know why. Um, he says it's spicy because I think one time he had chapstick that was peppermint. So he... Well, see, lemongrass all day for, for them upstairs, but I, I really like peppermint. So we have a cleaning company, and one of my, my number one rule was we have to use Truth products. So either you have to use them as a company or you have to use my products. And so they're everywhere in our house. How about you, Kyle? What's your favorite? Definitely the hand soaps. I, I love that peppermint smell, smell in any of, the, uh, any, any of the products. And I always find myself walking out of the bathroom hands over my face and just just smelling my hands when I'm leaving the bathroom. And I probably look ridiculous, but it's just become a a habit every time now. And I I jokingly tell people when they come into our space that your products, uh, yeah, they clean your hands, but they also give you an idea of who actually washes their hands in the bathroom. Because if they're they're not coming out smelling their hands, they're not doing it right. Hey, that's pretty neat. I like that. Thanks. How much? Yeah. So oh, with um, it sounds like you've had it a number of times with the Adrone water or packaging or just the variety of products that you had. You are educating the market, educating consumers on why this is important and why it matters that we have this type of packaging or that you've you add your own water. How much time would you say you spend educating people? Um, Jen sounded like she was looking for this type of product and she went in and, uh, you know what, this fits exactly what I'm looking for. But if somebody's just going in there and saying, I want something that smells good, that is comparable to a cleaner that's in my house, how much time do you spend educating them about why you have a better product? Pretty much all day long. Yeah. That's pretty much it's constant. It's on all our social media. It's just... The, the market is there. It's just like what we have learned in the, the CPG area, the consumer product goods, the, the main players have, be, have basically shaped the conversation they have with their own customers. They are not as transparent as we are. So we're trying to nudge kind of like them. You know, we are trying to tell people like, listen, read the labels. That's If you want to go talk about education, we tell everybody, read labels on every product you're buying. 
mean, people don't really do that for their food, so you may as well do that for your cleaning products because some products triggers asthma. Some products are really mm-hmm. nasty for us. Mm-hmm. And so the education, I would say that's, you know, the, the, yeah. you know, that's what we do. We just do that all the time. The American day. Chemical Council is an extraordinarily powerful, powerful lobby. The way that it's structured at the federal level, until a chemical is proven to be harmful, they can sell it. There are over 80,000 chemicals on the market. They have tested around 8,000. So you don't have a lot of protection. When you see something, and what they do, if they find out that that name is becoming known, think of sugar. They call it dextrose now. They call it fructose. They call it all these different things. They're doing the same thing with the chemicals in household cleaning products. If it, if it doesn't honestly tell you what's in it, mm-hmm. you have to look up all those ingredients. Environmental Working Group is a marvelous nonprofit scientific website, ewg.org. They've got our products on there. They love our products. They will tell you what the chemicals are. And our target, my passion, my target audience, honestly, is young moms with babies who really realize that they can't be exposing their children to these things. The skin on your body is the largest organ. It goes right through and babies have no filters. So you can't, you can't do that. You've got to be super vigilant. So education is constant. Yeah, that's speaking right to me and my heart. Yeah, um, yeah. you are our market, Jen. You are our, our customer. But it's so true. I mean, I didn't really think about any of this deeply until I had, like I said, a child. And fortunately or unfortunately, he started having some significant allergies and that was like the trigger of like, hmm, well, what, what, what's causing this? Let's get to the bottom. Um, and so I, I think it's so important. And, you know, there's, if you just think about the chemicals that you put on your body with like women in makeup, I don't know if you know this stat, Diane, but it's, it's like a lot of chemicals the average person puts all over their body. If you just compound yeah. that and then you have indoor air. Talcum powder right now is blowing up. Johnson & Johnson's talcum. And how safe did that used to be? Remember dusting powder? And you're not doing that anymore. But they do it with cornstarch. It's so less corn with cornstarch outside the U.S. Outside the U.S., but yeah. not the U.S. Yeah. Because we do not have the controls in this country that Europe has. That we just don't. When you yeah. walk into a grocery store in Europe, they tell you where that produce was grown. Yeah. Right. Out here, so you're you're on your own. You 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 got you got to learn. So, yeah, right. so education is absolutely critical. It's and number it's, one. It's just the number one, and we do that all day long. We have a customer oh. phone number that people call, like mm-hmm. Matthew must receive four or five phone calls every every day about the products, what to find especially it. Now, you know, now especially now. Now the calls now. are up yeah. to 15 or more yeah. a day. Yeah. That's what I was just going to ask. Like, so how has COVID-19 impacted your guys' business? What have you seen? It's, it's been tremendous in, in a way. Uh, people now are aware of it. They're aware of the difference, hopefully, between bacterial and, and a virus. But they want, we have not yet had the testing done for 
COVID. We don't know. And the wait time is how many weeks? Like eight, 10 weeks. 10 yeah, 10 weeks out to get tested because everybody's testing yeah. everything right well, now. And, and also you don't have that many labs in the U.S. that do tests yeah. for, for viruses. I mean, a lot of people do bacteria. So like in, in, even in Arizona, but viruses mm-hmm. is a totally different setup. So we're in the pipeline right now. We're waiting to hear. Um, but the crisis was actually, it's, it's a pretty weird situation because actually not only have we retained all our team, but we're gonna, we are looking at hiring one more person for the warehouse. Uh, so on the financial, it was really bizarre because we got wiped out of everything we had we back in two wall. weeks. Oh, wow. People would be saying, oh my God, so you have money in the bank now. So you are like loaded. And actually we are not because, you know, the bigger the customer is, the less they pay on time. So yeah, we have a lot of things in the pipeline, but nobody's paying us. We have people doing pre-orders. So which was also an interesting thing that happens. Like we have pre-orders of products uh, that happen very quickly. When we tell people we don't have anything, because we're not paying for it. And so what happens is like people pre-order and Right now, we must have, we have, we're just, I was just talking to the team right now. We have nine pallets of products that are in pre-order. Wow. And, That's and, a lot. and so it's a lot. Yeah. So right now we, we have the, the whole thing being manufactured here in Tempe. And pretty much whatever we have been, we're able to manufacture is already sold out by, by like June 15th is gone. And we still pretty much sold out. Including so, two pallets going to Australia. Yeah, so we are, we are starting to sell to Australia. We are sending them uh, two pallets of our all-purpose cleaner in gallons, because we're selling gallons for them, and also two pallets of our chalk remover. So the ah. crisis has been interesting. What it really has forced us as a team is to work remotely. Mm-hmm. And we did that like overnight. And actually, we are doing so much better that way. I mean, we're doing really well now. <laughs> we're doing very well. Yeah, that's got to be interesting. Um, so if people wanted to come, to go get some truce, is it available at local retailers right now, or are you still? Sprouts, yeah, sprouts and fries. Sprouts and fries. But they're, they're, so we just learned that we have been able to fulfill sprouts not as much as they wanted because they, they, yeah. they, they would be able to sell right now. If we had the volume, we would be able to make it. And the challenge we have right now is the bottleneck of manufacturing. And the interesting thing, it's not if we had the money is one one challenge, but the second challenge is finding the ingredients because people have been hoarding alcohol for the wrong reason. People have been buying drums of alcohol at seventy percent uh, percentage to make hand sanitizer, which is the wrong alcohol. So now the manufacturers have switched everything to ninety percent, and they have jacked the prices on these drums. That it's incredible. It's, it's incredible. It's um, yeah. Yeah, our yeah. our hand sanitizer, if, it, if it were still available, would be probably my favorite product. Yeah. I I take it with me everywhere. It's in in my car. It's in my purse. It's you know, it's right here on the table, and it's amazing. But we can't get the ingredients. In addition to the medical community, which yeah. needs the alcohol and the yeah. peroxide, so we're a ways out on that. We're on, wait, but so, yeah, the, the the alcohol manufacturers are saying it's not going to come out. It's not going to, the situation is not going to get stable until maybe July or August. Yeah, it's so, that's that to us is right now. So COVID has been kind of in a weird way has been positive because we don't have to lose any of our team members, which is pretty amazing. 
And we've grown. We, get, we have grown. We we have grown by 130% compared to last year. The, knowledge, <laughs> it's just, it, it's, it, the, the growth has been phenomenal. I think a lot of it, frankly, is that when you are working remotely and these guys are as passionate about truce as we are, they are to the core. They're not being interrupted. When we used to have what we call the mega table, which was a big table, we all sat at the table. You could hear everybody's conversation. You could always have something to talk about. And that slowed your work down. It really did. These guys now can knock out in three or four hours what it would take them a day, day and a half to do. Yeah. Because they're good. And they're loving it. Yeah. They're organized. They know what's going on. They have their lists and... It's like, um, they're amazing to me. I'm so absolutely amazed to have such an incredibly committed team. They're growing us in the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. That's, the team is everything. Yeah. It's just like, team is number one. What do you guys think the future of, like, your work will look like? Are you guys going to keep some level of working remotely or... Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. so, so what most likely will happen is we might have one day a week where we might come together for kind of the social and mm-hmm. because, you know, or you just come to into the warehouse, come to the warehouse or wherever we would be, warehouse or like yeah. open space, workspace, whatever. We started to work remotely before COVID-19 showed up. We started to have one day a week, which was like what we call Deep Work Wednesday. Because what, it became very apparent like in January that nobody had any time to think. So basically the idea was like, well, let's not show up. On, because everybody was there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then we say, okay, Wednesday, nobody shows up. We work from remotely. And on Wednesday night, we come and say, okay, this is what I've read. This is what I've watched. This is what I've learned. This is what I did. And it was so effective that suddenly we were like, Okay, well, you guys, so if you don't want to come on Tuesday, you don't, you know, let's go on Tuesday because that's the only time because we do the major weekly huddle. And then when COVID-19 happened, we decided let's do everything online very quickly. Let's not show up. We don't need to be there. I was the only one going to the warehouse and do some shipping and all that stuff for a while. And now we do daily huddle every day at 10 o'clock. And we do that for like 20 minutes max. And it's so super efficient. It's just amazing. And then individually they break down, you know, either on the phone or they stay on board with Zoom. But from my perspective, I absolutely love it because I have an absolutely wonderful permaculture garden for 13 years. I just finished the training class when we started Troops. For 13 years, I've not been able to put a lot of attention on it. And I'm like so excited because I'm out there every day now looking at stuff and still taking care of what my sandbox is. We all have a sandbox and mine is going out and talking, talking to women's groups, um, doing our little podcast and things like that, um, being sort of the face. I don't have a production role anymore. And so I'm, I'm loving this. I'm loving this. And I'm not going out there until they have a vaccine that is tested, proven, and safe. Because that's our thing, safe. you got to be safe. Right. So, yeah, I think we're talking to a lot of people and we're finding um, the similar thing that people unexpectedly are finding a lot of productivity. And I think the way that we work is going to be changed probably forever. The, the thing, the thing I'm curious about is, yeah, we're finding the same things about uh, productivity and ways to not just 
stay as productive that we as we were, but be more productive and uh, have more resources available to us through uh, remote work or whatever that looks like. What does it look like? I, I know you guys are so thoughtful about the impact externally of people using your products, but mm-hmm. inside the company and the culture, and what have you learned uh, maintaining the culture that you want in the business as you've gone more outside of having people at the big table together where, you know, it's in a controlled environment and you get to every day sort of be in front of each other. How are you maintaining some of that or growing a new type of culture now? So that, I got, that's such a great question because actually that's a question we all have because we have basically the core team of like the six of us, like seven of us. Mm-hmm. So we, we have basically, we have swam the values now for the last, you know, since we started. So we all know the values and we are talking about bringing more people on board and we're like, how are we going to be able to convey that? And one of them is, uh, so on Slack, we have different subgroups. So there's one that is like general to it. So every, anybody works with us is is involved in that conversation. And we are totally transparent on these issues. Like, for example, one thing we did is we, we, ha- we have hired a, a woman who is our broker on the East Coast. We have never met her. All she did, she sent us an email one day saying, I love everything about what you guys are doing. I've, I've uh, I love your website. This is what I've done. I used to work in, and I would be interested in working with you guys. And I check on her a couple of times and she is phenomenal. She understands yeah. who we are and she has no problem like getting involved in conversation. We are still a pretty flat organization. So when people have a, a challenge, I would rather them telling us right away. And so uh, to go back to your question, Kyle, what we do is like, as Diane was saying, we were doing meetings as a group, but also we break down into small meetings so where people can talk to us. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, yes, yeah, conveying that mission. And, that and, and it's, it's interesting. We've had interns come on board, and now there's a tremendous focus on what's the onboarding process. Because the onboarding process used to be me. If I like you, if you understand where we're coming from as a company, what, how deep that commitment is. You either want to come in or you don't. Both Stephen and Matthew are a great example of that. I met Matthew at a local First Arizona event. He just graduated from University of Oregon with a degree in public relations. Didn't know what he was going to do. He was stuck in Phoenix as his parents' own um, Sunrays, Arizona Sunrays Gymnasium. Gymnastics. Gymnastics, yeah. He came in and we talked and I said, well, you know, I don't know, you know, but you know, you, you're welcome, you know, come on board. He has been amazing. He's built out the whole athletic end of it. He's, he's the one who does all the B2B and the marketing stuff. He's so excited now. He's going to Thunderbird for business for graduate school. I wonder who influenced that. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I can imagine. But I mean, that's the thing that's happened. I mean, you've got... Kalen's gone back to school yeah. and it's like, yes, Kyle finished with his degree in physics. He does our shipping. He's got a degree in physics. Go <laughs> you know, that's it's awesome. Fine. Yeah. But that's, that's a core question. That's the question I've been asking ourselves. Like, how can we maintain? So this is the issue of like, can we maintain that culture being totally like, what do you call this first? first. Yeah. And you know, other companies are doing it very well. So I, I don't see why we would not be able to to do it. But it's just uh, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be an interesting mm-hmm. ride. Really you know, fun. when we get through this pandemic and life, you know, opens up a bit, 
one of the things we love doing is on a monthly basis, we'd have everybody over for dinner. I love having people around the table. Denise is a fantastic chef. So we would do that. Everybody would come over. And you, you build that kind of web at a table that you don't really build too many places. And so I really miss that. That's been kind yeah, of tough. They miss it too. They miss it terribly. We, we, got, we got money from one of our suppliers. And the, the, <laughs> so, the, so the money was attached to, to one of uh, Kellen on our team. And the supplier sent her card. And she said, I'm going to keep the money so the next time we come to, to see, come to your house and buy food, we basically have a gift certificate of $50 from Grubhub or one of I these mean, places. It's just, it's, so it's, it's really cool. You know, it's just like, she doesn't have to tell us that. She's going to say, oh, it's addressed to me. We I never would have it. known. We would have never Aww. known. It's like, you know, I, you guys are so excited. We got the money. It's so cool. And I want to keep it for the team. And that to me, that, that's what pleases me a lot. It's yeah. like it's totally team oriented. That to me is really, it's really cool. And it's a wonder to me yeah. that this little company that we started and trundled our stuff off to market <laughs> now has a team like this and is growing like this. And at the nexus of that, getting things back to you, Kyle, and you, Jen, is Max 6. When we moved into Max 6, everything changed. Yeah. Everything changed. Mm-hmm. We, I met Julie, and she said, come on down, take a yeah. look. And we did, and we couldn't afford it. But I never forgot it. And spent a couple of years went by. And it's like, God, that would be so nice. And then I ran into her up at Whole Foods at a conscious capitalism event. Surprise. Mm-hmm. And she said, why don't you come down yeah. and take a look again? And that was it. We got this little tiny space, you know, where, where um, Anna is now. We got a third of that space. So we could at least receive drums. Yeah. And then we grew into that space. Then we took more space and more space. And now... Then we explained too much. Then we had to explain yeah. again. But, you know, we got too excited. No, 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 no. Let's have a mega table. We had Stephen in an office and yeah. he's like, no. And actually, that's, that's interesting because when we expanded a different space at Max 6, one of the interesting mistakes we made is like we had an office and we had also the, a table for the interns and the communication was so bad because we were not across each other's table, basically. And it was just very interesting. Like, very, so we painted the room, and within six months, we're like, "No, it's not working out." Because we are making yeah. the, the communication is worse now than it was when we we're all together. You're running and across the hall, and so it was just the like corner. so we regroup, and that's why that table was set up the way it was set up in our warehouse space right now, because yeah. it's it's so it's super useful to be able to talk to each other. But because I think we had the good foundation face to face, we have been able to transfer that into the the Slack and. Uh, Click up and Zoom and all that stuff. Uh, even though we miss having dinner with each other. But, you know, but, but Max yeah. 6 was the turning yeah. point. The resources in Max 6, our, our neighbors, our friends, our partners yeah. in Max 6, priceless. Absolutely yeah. priceless. Who, so um, talk about that. The people that are in this space that aren't you know a part of Truce, but... Uh, other than being able to receive drums, uh, you know, what other things are there that you're benefiting from? Well, Ray was one of the first. Ray was amazing. He knew a lot of stuff. <laughs> he knew a lot of Ray, stuff. He knows a lot, a lot of stuff. Of stuff. <laughs> He's got a lot of <laughs> And Peyton, yeah. Peyton has been, Peyton runs our whole Amazon thing. He's amazing. Um, Verano Bathory, they're terrific. I'm addicted to their soaps. You guys, I mean, it's like, I know who you are. I know where to find you. Uh, 
it's it's been just amazing. Mike Jones with with Resound Creatives. They did such a job the first time we did the expo. The resources are there. We always start there. Who's doing this for you? We're using Peyton's bookkeeper. You know, it's that kind of a thing. Yeah, that, that, what I was going to add to that is like when we are looking for something, the mm-hmm. first people we go, I talk to Ray and say, Who do you have? Like, for example, Peyton, we're looking for a new bookkeeper. Went to Peyton, it's like, Listen, we're in a bind right now. We need a new bookkeeper. Do you recommend anybody? It's like, Oh, yeah, you can use Carmen. I mean, I've been using her for a long time. But there's like, you know, even in passing, sometimes like uh, uh, Voyage is a verb, for example. They only use USPS for shipping. And then I talk to them about shipping and how do they do it? Why do they find it beneficial? This is the kind of stuff that if we are stuck in our own warehouse, it will take us weeks to find an answer. But right now, if I don't know anything, I go and talk to Peyton and say, hey, have you found that problem? And either it's yes, no, or it's, it's a network of people who are in the same I think what's nice is that we're all at the same struggle of success. Yeah. So we're all looking for, we're questing for the same question and the answers. And plus there is Gumpers, which is actually oh, phenomenal. God, These guys are guys. amazing. And you when know? we needed to get the racking, yeah. we needed to have go up yeah. with racking. Peyton helped us do that. Yeah. And there's a forklift there. Yeah. I mean, there's I mean, a lot oh my of God. Things, and yeah. we now have a key to it, you know? <laughs> He gave us the key. He said, you guys use it. Fine. There yeah. you go. And it's like, oh, my God, this is incredible. Yeah. If we moved into our own place, none of those yeah. things would be there. You know, we, uh, uh, no, we think we're just, and, we're just going to stay here. Plus, there's the, the joke of the seven-filter water system. Oh, was, God, do we love water. <laughs> so we just came in, we're all like, man, we can taste the seventh layer of filtering here. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> it's just, it, it's, I think what was amazing about Maxi, I don't know about the other workspace, but the warehouse, there's an ecosystem uh, mm-hmm. for entrepreneurs that I think is very, very unique. Every time we bring somebody like banks or I brought the Arizona Commerce Authority multiple times, they always surprise. Mm-hmm. You know, first they think we this is our own space. So, <laughs> you know, one time the bank came in and the guy's like, well, you have a nice warehouse. Like, no, no, uh, they, no let me tell you exactly what I, what I rent here in that space. But People are surprised by the ecosystem of businesses mm-hmm. and the fact that everybody's here in Arizona. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's that's what the, the value of Max Six, especially for the warehouse. I don't know about the the other working space on Broadway. I'm sure it's got to be the same. Yeah, it it is. That's and it's one of my favorite things because I mean, you could look at what we do and we're landlords to a number of businesses, and that's how we make our business, right? But the rewarding part of this is hearing these stories of what you're talking about. We worked with Ray, we worked with Peyton, we worked with Resound Creative, whoever it is. And, you know, we have some small part in that, but really just letting the community flourish and having people see each other as resources and hearing those stories. And it, I mean, that's the stakeholder approach to business and, and all of the impacts that we have on one another, even if we're not directly working together, but can just help on someone else's uh, cause and what they're trying to do for the world. It is also nice being, you know, sitting in an office over here and that's my branding company over there. And that, Hey, I get my cleaning products from truce at the warehouse. And it's, uh, but it, it is just a, uh, an evolving story every day that I, you know, it never ends. I continue to hear new parts to it and it's incredible. Yeah, the first day we moved in, and Moxie Girl was right across the hall from us, right right across, yeah, we think of it as the hallway, and came over and it's like, what do you do? And I told him, they said, okay, we want it. 
They've been our customer since day yeah, one. Day one. And they now use us as, you know, they, they tell people, we're going to be cleaning your place with clean, cleaning products. I'm anxious to talk to her and find out what she's doing on the deep cleaning end of things. I learned so much from all of our neighbors and yeah. friends. I learned so much. But, yeah. It's invaluable, Kyle, Jen. Yeah. Yeah. And plus, we can get cider once in a while when you can always go down the go down the, the alley and say, "Okay, what do you have here that I can buy?" You know, but you know, this is it's a really good deal. You know, you know, all we need is a master chef making food, so we can go and have lunch over yeah. there. But you know, who knows? It's maybe. Well, I hear you're a pretty good cook, Denise. So. Yeah. Yeah. At some now point, I don't need I don't need another job. Okay. <laughs> I could not put people on day in day out. Yeah, Jen and I are going to have to be honorary team members of Truce for uh, yeah. Jen at some well, point. You know, when we have a big party, when we have our first reopening party, yeah, we can all you know just we invite you guys. Yeah, so it sounds like there's been some twists and turns and ups and downs, mm-hmm. like probably most of us for for you know throughout your business, but especially through this COVID period. Mm-hmm. If you were talking to other entrepreneurs. Um, what would you share as your biggest lesson or takeaway going through this experience? I see Diane pointing to Denise. What advice would you have? Cash, 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 cash. And whatever your business is, especially if you're in CPG product, consumer, packaged consumer goods. packaging goods, it takes a long time to get any traction. I mean, if, if you look at, any any product, even food products, you yeah. hear, you know, whatever your your plan is, your your business plan is, it's it, it takes you, yeah, it takes a long time. You have to really takes, want to do it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we don't have wealthy friends and family. Yeah. I don't have any family. This is my family, and Denise's family is in France, and we. You know, like many, many small businesses and small restaurants, been undercapitalized fairly consistently. And that's been good and bad. The good part is we've moved very carefully. Yeah. We have never had everything on the line. We've never been the kind of threatened, oh my God, you know, where we didn't know where dinner was coming from and credit cards were maxed out and all that sort of thing. We didn't go down those roads because we went so slowly. Because we did, didn't know what we were doing. We sort of had to go slowly. And so we have. And it's worked out very well. And the second thing I would say to somebody who wants to start, and again, depends. I mean, I don't know anything about technology, but find a uh, community. Well, no, I don't know about how to start a technology business. Oh, but that's what startup. I started, yeah, okay, startup. Start but up. I would say find a community of people you can talk to. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, you will go absolutely bananas. Uh, because a problem that you have, you can like that's why Maxis again to go back to the the story, the the Maxis ecosystem has been created. Uh, and I remember one time I was in the hallway and um, Crush Cider. He was really I could see he was really dumb, and he asked me, he said, "Do you know anybody who is a, a lawyer who can do uh, uh, legal work?" Because we have a uh, somebody took their names. Oh, did you call that? Oh, name? yeah. Uh, trademark. 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 So we had a problem with the trademark and say, guess what? Our legal counsel is actually a trademark specialist. Yeah. I put him in contact. He got his problem solved in two weeks. 
And that's what you have to do when you start, because otherwise, I think if you start a business alone, it's it's panic time all the mm. time. And you have to remember, you have to either work on your business or in your business. And you cannot sustain doing both of them 24-7. At some point, something will have to give. And I think the best thing we ever did for the business at the right time is like we had to leave the property so that we this don't property. have the property where we are because for the longest time, we tried to keep everything on the property, but we never have any downtime. It was all, we are always working the business, always, always, always. And that's, that would be my other, I mean, it's cool to have the startup mentality where you start to work from home, but at some point you need to draw the line and say, I work and then I go home and mm-hmm. talk to my friends, my family, and you need to do a brain dump so you don't do it. You, don't, you know, you're able to do it and quiet your mind for a couple of hours every night. Otherwise, I don't. I don't see how people are successful. I had to learn that. Yeah, that was gonna last month. That was gonna be <laughs> <laughs> this being in different places is not challenging. What advice would you give um, for people who are partners in business, but also partners in life, and how do you find that balance? You touched on a little bit. It's 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 a gift. We really don't know where that comes from. We have been like that ever since we've known one another. Just know who's always right. That makes your life so much easier. And when make have- sure they make you laugh. <laughs> if they don't make you laugh, give it up. Just know who's right. And then life is so much easier because then you don't have to question. It's like, oh, okay. I'm always right. So that's easy. Oh, she's always right. Whatever it is. We've always but, yeah. we've always worked together, which is yeah, kind that's, of interesting. When I was yeah. running the farm at South Mountain, running the gardens, we would have our little farmer's market on the weekend. He'd be in there slicing tomatoes and handing them out and doing all this sort of stuff. We've always enjoyed what the other has done. and But this is the first time we have been under one yeah. business roof. But we get along really yeah. well. And I, and I think, you know, it's it's it's, you, you read businesses where people say, I have a clear definition of my job. Mm-hmm. And at first you read that and it's like, oh, that's... In some part to me, it's true because there are some things I'm much, much better at that Ben doesn't want to, to mm-hmm. do and should not be doing. I and don't like numbers. So basically, I take care of that stuff. But there's a trust that the numbers are correct. Mm-hmm. And that's the part also that you have to, you know, there is an implicit trust. But Play to your strengths. Yeah. And my strength is not numbers. My strength mm-hmm. is communication and creativity. His strength is communication and numbers. Yeah. It's interesting because I'm thinking, we have dear friends who own a restaurant here in town and they work together also like Mm 24-7. And I think if you talk to them, they will give you the same answer where they have like, she's extremely specialized in terms of what she does and he does something very different for the business. That part, I think you you have to be able to find that definition. You need to be able to say, okay, this is what I'm in charge of. And I'm only going to talk to you about that problem if, if I know you can help me solve it. But also the ability of venting sometimes. Sometimes you just need to be able to vent somebody. Don't question. Don't make judgment. I just, I'm just telling you how pissed off I am right now. That's all. And then it's gone. And then we can move on. That's, that's the part. Yeah. Yeah. I like what you said earlier, Diane, about like we all have our own sandbox. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what you were getting at, Demi. Like, you know, this yeah. is my area. This is your area. And yeah. Collaborate and, when you, and, you know, actually, that's that's part of it's interesting because that's what we have done for the business. So everybody has a sandbox. So that's you are, the term we so use. that's the term we use. So like all the team members have a sandbox and they are in charge of it, and it's really cool because they are able to expand from that. They're able to really own their own. 
and they make mistakes, but and, you know that's also part of this learning. I mean, you know, we have had mistakes we made as a team that were just like, oh man, it's costing us like five grand. But you have to respect it and not yell at people and not judge them and say, okay, that's well, that, that's again back to the know. education. We're all yeah. learning. Yeah, nobody's done this before. Yeah. None of us have ever mm-hmm. worked in this capacity before. Yeah. So I just love. I this is such an adventure. Yeah, it really is a glorious adventure. Um, the products, the people, the location, it's just an adventure. Yeah. And you're all part of it for us. Yeah. It's a fun and ride. Yeah. <laughs> it is a fun ride. And, you know, Park Lane and our manufacturing fashion, all of our spaces are so special because we have you, all that community building. You guys have played such a huge part in that and, and really checking on people, just like you said, like noticing this, the Crush Craft Cider guys are down and talking to them. And, and so we, Kyle and I are just so grateful to be able to be surrounded by all of you and, and live vicariously through all of your adventures, um, <laughs> which make an adventurous day for us as well, because we never quite know what we're walking into, which is all, all part of the fun. A friend of mine once said to me, have you ever noticed that no two days are ever the same? It's like, yeah, every day. No two days are exactly the same. So yeah. what this uh it's an adventure. We're on this journey and it's uh uh constantly learning and ups and downs and we're looking for more ups and what does it look like going forward? I mean as as predictable as anything is right now, but what, what are the hopes that, you know, in a year, in five years, what you know, the business is growing, but that you're educating a lot more people. What does it look like in the world for Truce to be a success? So I'm going, I'm going to go back to that story about cash. Uh, and we finally signed, we finally found a financial partner in the last week and a half. And that's going to be a tremendous help for us. Because as I was to go back to your, to your question, Jen, about like a small business, it's really the heartbeat of your business. And sometimes you, your heart beats very quickly because you either don't have any cash and you're wondering how you're going to close the next two weeks or you have too much cash. You're like, ooh, I'm so happy. But it's funny. You need to find partners at some point. I mean, people who own like, who still own 100% of the business, to me, it's just like at some point you have to let it go. At some point, the business has to be its own organism. And personally, and Dan and I have talked about it. I mean, I, I don't want to be running the business five years from now. I mean, I've been doing a lot of readings on leadership and I I love that quote, it says success equals succession. And to me, it's like, if you ask me five years from now, I want to be able to have a conversation with you that we were so successful because we put a succession in place and we are not in charge of anything. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm feeling a lot like that right now, quite frankly. And it's it's the part to me that's where it is because the, the business is worth a lot of money on paper but you need to have people participate in your vision. And, but finding that, that cash flow that helps us grow from a pure business perspective, because growth sucks cash out of your PL. I don't care what people say. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, you, you think you're growing, but if you don't have the, the purchasing, the supply, the cash to help you grow, you won't be able to do it. And that sometimes means you have to either talk to friends, families, or you have to let your, some part of your business go. And, the, and that, yeah. that came from Ray. Ray says, yeah. that's what, what we're doing is we're factoring with a, yeah. with a group that yeah. loves what we're doing and yeah. gets it. And we're factoring them. And Ray's the one who said, you guys ought to look at factoring. That would really work for you. When we get an order, 
it's confusing to me, but I, when we get an order and there's a, and we send an invoice for it, they pay the invoice for us and take so a percentage out, but we yeah. get the cash. Yeah, we get the cash right we away. We don't have to wait 45, yeah. 60 days, which yeah. is a big problem when you're growing. And so that's, that's been the final hurdle. And it's, it's in place now, and it's just great. And, and the last thing is because we don't have as much cash as we need, I think it has made us super lean and super yeah. quick at reacting. So the other part of like not having the cash at first, I think it creates a sense of urgency and creativity that we would not have if we had like really half a million dollars to play with. And I, I don't think like two years ago, if somebody had given us like $200,000, we'd know what to do with it. So, you know, it's a, it's a timing, but it's believing like, you know, some, some months and I tell Diana, it's like, we have to close the business. Oh yeah, I've heard you that. You know, it's just like, Diana's heard that so many times because I'm looking at how much money we have lost last year. It's just like, and then the area is like a week where everything clicks, where you get customers talking to you and say, it's the best product I've ever used. We have grocery store coming on, getting your product, you know, like, no, we are on something here. It's worth something. pursuing. We know it. We've and, always known it. And the money we you know is down the drain anyway now, so let's move on and let's move forward. So you know, I'm never gonna recoup it right away. So if I lost it, I lost it. But the right is worth it. So. Denis used to say, you know, it's just a car. Yeah. It may be a Maserati, but, but it's, it's just a car. car. <laughs> so if you frame it in that perspective, it's not like it's not too downing sometimes, you know, it's just like that's fine. I'm still driving my Hyundai. It's still a good car. <laughs> I still drive my <laughs> Yeah. 2008 Prius. I yeah. got that car and the person for the same age. Yeah. So. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So one, I guess, last, uh, we're about out of time. What, uh, any last words of, you've imparted so much wisdom uh, on us and, and, you know, what you would share with uh, potential entrepreneurs thinking about this, but any last, any of that. And then, um, I guess before we close, definitely I'd like for you to share how we can, or anybody listening can find you, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, website, any of that stuff you'd like us to know. Oh yeah, we're on Facebook. I think we're just, we're Truce on Facebook. We're Truce Clean on Instagram. All the usual places, you know, we're on, we're available through Amazon. We're available on Sprouts. Sprouts. And locally we have Sprouts, Fries. We're at thrivemarket.com on e-commerce, Amazon. What's market? What's that? Thrive Market. Thrivemarket.com. Thrivemarket.com really were, they were amazing. They found us the first year we were at the expo and we were with them from day one. And they've now gotten so big, they're talking about opening brick and mortar stores. Just try to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. I remember years ago, I had previous businesses in, in Los Angeles and a guy once said at a symposium, if you can't go to sleep owing other people money, don't start your own business. Yeah, that's, that's and a, I've <laughs> always carried that around. And that's back, that was yeah. back in the 80s, yeah. for heaven's sakes. And it's hard. It's yeah. hard to sleep through the night when you know you owe somebody money. You know, if you can't go to sleep owing somebody money, don't do it. It's just, it will wreck your life. Yeah. Right. My advice... Get comfy. Yeah. My advice is if you build a team, let them let them operate. Build a team that you trust, 100% they trust you 100%. It will make your life easier. Like, for example, right now, 
then I could go on vacation and not have to worry about anything. Yeah. And that to me is just as such a gift because we, <sighs> we have a team of very special people who came to us where we didn't have a job for them, but they still aren't there with us. And they grew their own job. They grew their own job. I mean, right now it's just like, oh my God, it's pretty amazing. And we have meetings and like, you know, we do the hormone every morning and they're all taking care of stuff. We're like, oh, and I, I don't have to be in charge of it. All I have to do is to be in charge of finding money and keeping care of the money flowing. That to me is an amazing gift. So if you build a team, you have to trust them and you have mm-hmm. to let it go. Yeah. Letting it go as a, somebody who's finding their business, I, I think is critical. And communicate, communicate, yeah. communicate. Yeah. Talk to people yeah. from a human perspective as well as from a business perspective. Talk, talk, talk to people. Yeah. Well, thank you guys very much. This has been a great hour. Uh, we've known each other for years at this point and <laughs> yeah. still continue learning new things. And it's, uh, it's what makes what we do so much fun. So... Thank you for listening to the Max 6 Community Connections radio show and podcast with your hosts, Jennifer Burwell and Kyle McIntosh. We've enjoyed having on Diane and Denis from Truce, and we're off to continue to build better communities where purpose and profit unite. Thank you for being an awesome part of the community.